Hello, I'm Roy Sharples, and welcome to the Unknown Origins podcast. Curious about why you're here? Whether you seek inspiration, industry insights, or career growth, you're in the right place. I launched this podcast to bring you inspiring conversations and stories from creators and experts worldwide, exploring the creative, technology, sports, and education industries. In this episode, Gary Burke and I discuss the future of the high street. The seamless blending of online and offline shopping experiences is essential for the future of high street businesses. This omni-channel approach offers convenience and flexibility to consumers while enhancing engagement and sales for retailers. Embracing digital transformation is key to meeting evolving consumer needs and staying competitive in the dynamic marketplace. High street businesses must leverage technology to create immersive shopping experiences that seamlessly transition between physical and virtual environments from from augmented reality fitting rooms to interactive product displays. Integrating digital elements enhances the overall retail experience, driving customer satisfaction and loyalty. But it's not all about the online, the digital experiences, that physical entity and what that really means from a human experience perspective is absolutely essential and certainly something that's been marginalised significantly in the last decade or so within the United Kingdom and to a large extent as well within America. I can see we're going to get passionate here. I think the fact is for me, many of the technologies are going to be driven initially by the larger premium shops and brands. These core shifts, the integration, integration, sorry, the increasing integration of technology into shopping experiences is going to impact many, many businesses and particularly short, small ones, not just the big shops. You mentioned this and I I don't think we can stress this enough. Technology is part of this. But the key point here, though, is experience. How can technology improve the experience for the customer? What is critical here for me is thinking imaginatively about how technology can improve experiences and outcomes and build a connection with that customer. This might be in the shop, but it also means going that bit step, that, that step further to become a great partner to your customer, proactively engaging through social media with offers, providing insights and advice and support by email, maybe creating short videos to inspire engagement and activity. Every iPhone owner has a small production studio available in their hands, but few retailers use it to create content or engage customers. I think if we look at, um, you know, students and kids coming out of school, they would have a very different view of what engagement is to what most shops are. And, but this, these are the customers that we need to win. So when we talk about the integration of technology, this is what it means. Of course, it takes time. But you're going to have plenty of time if you don't actively engage your customers because your business is not going to survive. If I look locally, I'll see a lot of shops open, but then close. And this is really sad. But how many of these customers have sought to engage me as a customer from the start? Almost none. It doesn't have to be an expensive customer loyalty scheme, but we should be thinking from the start. And this is where technology comes in. How do we reward loyalty? How do we stay connected? How can I understand as a shop how to help you, how to serve you? The big shift here is your competition is global, but so is your audience. Be the shop in your town that visitors want to talk about. Be the shop that people hear about when they search for special things to do or places to see. Think of those TV programs, you know, where they'll go to a city and they'll find those little shops that are specialized, boutique. 
it's about the experience. It's about being different. And I think this is what we need to think about using technology. The reality is you've got that production studio in your pocket with your phone. You've got the capability to reach a global audience and so few companies and shops are doing this. So be unique, be special. Leverage the tools that amplify this. And remember, it's an ongoing relationship that needs to be managed. Local boutiques play a vital role in preserving community culture and heritage by offering unique products and supporting local artisans. Nurturing these businesses is essential for maintaining a sense of identity and pride within communities and supporting local economies. Local boutiques add character and charm to high streets, attracting shoppers seeking one-of-a-kind items and personalised service. By nurturing these businesses, communities can preserve their distinct identity and create a more diverse and vibrant retail landscape. I completely agree. And I think that this is something that councils and town planners get very, very wrong in their focus on attracting big chain stores and brand names. Whilst chain stores have an attractiveness in that they're familiar to customers and they will to an extent drive traffic to an area, they are by definition completely undifferentiated from town to town or even across retail spaces in the same town. And this is a bigger long-term strategic problem because by definition, if you're relying on chain stores, then you or your town by definition has the same town as everyone else. So why should Mm. customers visit your town? Customers are unlikely to go out of their way to visit you if you rely on chain stores. Instead, they're going to go to the nearest one or the largest collection of chain stores at a retail park. So if a a town or retail area wants to be an intentional shopping destination, and what I mean by that is somewhere that people visit for more than a functional purpose of, of purchase, then differentiation is critical. And for that, we need to be thinking about two things. The products, so the things that you can buy, but not everywhere, And about the experience, again, we come back to this. You've got to make that physical shopping trip a positive experience. So whilst this could mean larger, rarer anchor stores, this is reality is only an option for the largest and most prosperous cities. So the only real option for almost all towns is to support and encourage small businesses, local boutiques, niche makers, and specialist specialist service and experience providers and focus on that fantastic experience. Supporting local entrepreneurs is critical for driving innovation and economic growth. Creating those supportive ecosystems, providing access to funding and resources and nurturing collaboration are essential strategies for empowering entrepreneurs and fostering community development. Because local entrepreneurs often face unique challenges when starting and growing their businesses by offering incentives such as tax breaks, mentorship programs and networking opportunities. Communities can empower entrepreneurs to thrive and contribute to the vitality of the high street. This is an area where a a, a really big rethink is needed. It's one where the role of the council and town management needs to be fundamentally reset. Councils, landlords and development groups and other bodies and particularly banks and finance organisations, need to start collaborating to address the very real challenges facing small business. The other thing to do with this, and it's, it's not within the scope of councils to solve, but they need to be active in this voice, is addressing the huge personal risk for owners in terms of starting small business, particularly in retail, and then finding innovative ways to encourage and support growth and reduce that risk. But this isn't what we see. 
And this is why so many stores are full of chain stores and charity charity shops. Because rather than exciting, embracing, vibrant small businesses run by passionate owners, we've got councils too often, to be honest, taking a step back and just letting it flow. The UK does not have a shortage of people wanting to to start businesses. It really doesn't. It is not short of shopkeepers. But what it does have is a shortage of people with the resources or more importantly, the risk appetite to bring these visions to life. If we want to see entrepreneurialism, we need to recognize that we need wholesale change in a lot of areas. Now, this is worthy of a podcast on its own, but you cannot have punitive environments that reward business failure with punitive outcomes in terms of personal liability. Now, we cannot fix this. It's not a simple fix for a council, but they can start to engage with landlords to look at how we address those challenges actively, removing the blockers and reducing the risk to entrepreneurs and business owners who really want to be a a part of this. So put yourselves in the shoes of small businesses, of entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and students finishing college. How can they trade in your town? You will every year have fantastic artists, fantastic creators, fantastic business people, young business people, So how can they occupy a space in that town without a huge investment from their parents? A bank isn't going to loan them the money. The only way they're going to start it is from someone in the family giving their money. Now, most people don't have that luxury. So for the councils and the groups, run some focus groups, engage students, see how hard it is, and then take on that task of owning that problem. Find a way to help small businesses be successful in your town that's the starting point. Supporting those local businesses brings economic benefits such as, and it's all obvious, job, job creation, income generation and tax revenue. And this strengthens the overall community and nurtures economic resilience, emphasising the importance of local economies and encouraging consumer support for local businesses is vital for sustainable growth. When consumers choose to patronise local businesses, they are investing in the economic prosperity of their community. By prioritising local spending and supporting small businesses, communities can create a more resilient and prosperous high street that benefits everyone. Because at the moment, if you look at many of, I'll take the UK as an example, Gary, many of the British high streets typically consist of charity shops, hairdressers, real estate agents, and stodgy take food takeaway deliveries. And that's pretty much it with a few chain store. Very little innovation within that, very little uniqueness, and the importance of bringing that local identity and heritage through has became a bicon, sadly. I saw some statistics that barbers are the fastest growing retail space on the high street. And, and this is great, I guess. It's not something that I have a problem with barbers. But I think this is great. But is that a sustainable anchor for town centres? What happens if the fashion moves to long, unkept hair? You know, we're, you know, all the time we've got people going in and having haircuts every two, three, four weeks. That's fine. That model will not survive if we see a fashion change. But, you know, going back to the point, successful economies are successful ecosystems. They're sustaining, self-supporting and built on mutual success. Is that the mindset and the model that we have today? Absolutely not. Again, though, we come back to the space owners. They need to create and facilitate ecosystems 
because the, they're the overwhelming beneficiaries. It isn't okay to be a passive landlord, a passive space owner, and expect the money to magically come in. Step up and take some ownership of helping solve this. But we can also look at, when we talk about ecosystems, we can look at the spirals that result when these ecosystems fail. Rising rents, unsafe environments create, reduce the footfall, which reduces revenues, which eliminates profits, shops close, people lose jobs, the area becomes less and less attractive, crime increases, the cost for businesses rise, income falls. The space is dead. It might have some shops, some charity space, some charities will no doubt pop up, but this is subsistence economics. The reality is the space is dead and it's never going to recover. So councils and the, the owners of these spaces need to recognise those early signs and start to really proactively engage to do it. Otherwise, we'll see those, those spaces become torn down and they just become housing. Or in many, in many places, they just stay as massively dead spaces. You know, a blight on the landscape offering no value, cost, and just dragging the value of the whole area down. We, we need to recognise that the need to grow and invest and support and nurture these, these ecosystems. It isn't shops, it's ecosystems that we need to be thinking about. High streets really need to serve as that focal point for community engagement and pride, fostering social connections and, and a sense of belonging, strengthening community ties through events, initiatives and collaborations are essential for creating vibrant, inclusive spaces that cater to diverse needs and preferences. High streets are, are more than just shopping destinations, M much, much more. They are hubs of community life where people gather, socialize, and celebrate. And by instilling a sense of pride and ownership in the high street, communities create a welcoming and inclusive environment where everyone feels valued connected and can contribute. Absolutely. High streets should be hubs of community life, but too often they're not. Too often they're viewed purely as shopping destinations. And, you know, some of the out-of-town spaces haven't held with this. The spaces don't need attention once the shops have opened. They need attention throughout their life. Today, we see investment go in as spaces are opened, and then it stops Town centre shopping spaces, when done well, are social spaces. They're spaces to be with and to be part of the community. If you think this, this is hyperbole or BS, then visit a shopping location, whether a shopping centre or even a mall on a quiet, wet Tuesday morning in winter. It's soulless. It might be functionally efficient because you can find a parking space, you can park nearby, you can quickly purchase what, whatever you want to buy, but it's a soulless, unenjoyable, flat experience. And to be honest, I'd rather buy something online rather than spend my time doing this. But now let's take that same day. But let's make it a Saturday in December. Still in the winter, the shops have the decorations up. A brass band is playing. The specialist food stalls. Perhaps a Christmas market with pop-up stars, pop-up bars and events. And we start to go back to where we started about the experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pop-up stars yeah pop-up bars the whole but we we go back to where we started because what we have then is not shopping we have an experience but now let's add the real magic but the, the other point you were making a little bit earlier there gary was like convenience and functionality was a point you made has trumped everything and it's that americanized model 
of like cookie cutter type model repeatability and scale that's really dominated. Certainly, well, obviously American, but British um, high street retail as well, where once it was this very bespoke, localized, proud artisan maker community um, that was a real center of gravity for the, the community and the pride that surrounded that and the identity as well. So I think it's, it's finding, I know you were touching on, about to touch on this, but, um, but I think finding that unique experiences that's locally born um, and cultivated from those artists, creatives, artisans, entrepreneurs, and so forth, that showcases that locality. And then there's lots of other political geopolitical forces at, at play that's driving diversity and inclusion, all those things. We all kind of get that and the goodness of that, but locality is a great thing. Local identity is a great thing and it should be preserved Absolutely. and promoted. There were, some, there were some real lessons and signs if people bothered to mm. watch. So one of the things we saw over the last 20 years, maybe even 30, is we saw this death of the mm. mall in America. So what was, what was a mall? It was these cookie-cutter replica uh, out-of-town stores, out-of-town spaces with the same stores in every town. You know, you, you even had the same layouts as the architects were simply, you know, cookie-cutter in the, the layouts. You know, if we think to America, it was, you know, the sprawling, you know, two-story food court in the mm. middle, you know, um, J.C. Penny at one uh, leg, um, Nordstrom at another. And what we've seen is these have spectacularly died. We saw it in the same in the UK when we looked at, oh, if we have a Marks and Spencer in our town, we're a destination. If we have a Debenhams, go back a bit further. We have a Littlewoods. These are the anchor stores of our town. And what happens when they die? What happened when Debenhams closed down? We have these massive empty spaces and we see the rot and the death of the space come in. Because, I mean, it comes back to the point about the, the planners got lazy. They start to think, oh, if we get a Debenhams, all our problems right. are solved. And, and you know, to be honest, they completely ignored the people who really mattered, which were the people in the local community. They're playing, uh, they're playing to the gallery of business. big yeah. business and going, oh, it's if like, we have a Debenhams, everything, everything will be solved. But then it fails. And, and we look at what's happened with the high street. We see the chains. Well, what's happened is it's almost reversed because we've had the, the, the falling interest in the high street has meant that these shops have become econ uneconomic. So they've closed down. Therefore, the high street itself becomes economic, and then we get that spiral. So, to be honest, I'm not going to let the space owners and the councils off the hook. This was foreseeable. Mm. It absolutely was, and so many of them didn't do it. But let's look at where we have these great spaces. You know, if you think, if, if, if I think just, just riffing off, where do we see these great spaces? It's where we have localization. We look at, it's not going to York. It's not going to Bath and going, oh, great, they've got a Next. They've got an MS. It's going to York and going, yeah, let's go down the little side streets, maybe the lanes in Brighton. You know, we go to Bath and it's seeing the, the shops, the mm. architecture. It's recognising what is the asset, what is the magnet to your town, and absolutely investing and protecting that. And I think that's what um, we, don't, we don't see enough of. I think the main thing here is, I wonder how many councils, council planners, I wonder if you, how many of you got in and said, talk to, my, talk to me about the importance of experience. I wonder how many would be able to articulate that. They can talk you through the planning rules, but they're not aware of what is it that's really critical for making their towns engaging. 
Now, if we go back to this, we, we talk about, you know, these, these town centres being living community spaces. We need to invest. Now, that's not just money. That's time as well and effort in curating these. Now, it's the active creation, curation, sorry, that is critical. And that means regular events. It means attractions. It means a continual injection of energy, of life into the centre. Now, clearly, we cannot do this every day. We cannot do this every weekend. But, you know, one of the things for, for a great town centre that you will see is you will see this cadence of mm. energy, cadence these cadence of events, of, particular, of not massive corporate things, but local maker events, community events, ones that are really going to reflect local life. So this is where we need to think about that online and offline experience, you know, bring it all together. It is about the experience. But you also need to be thinking online about how do you publicize these events? How do you keep that group of visitors engaged? How do you have them coming back year on year because they had a great experience? How are you promoting this? How are you video? How do you video in? Have you got a video crew? capturing those experiences so when you're promoting it you're replaying the video from last year so you're triggering those memory points and i think this is the change about technology it's easy to think about it just being you know ar and augmented sorry ar um, ai and technology it isn't it's about using technology to create human experiences and promote human emotions and human feelings yeah, I want to feel safe. I want to feel part of a great community. I want to be engaged. I want to be entertained. It's about the experience. It, it, it's that completely, Gary. So in conclusion, integrating physical and online retail experiences and supporting local businesses are essential for the future success of high streets. By embracing innovation, fostering community pride, and prioritizing local economies and their identity, communities can create thriving, resilient high streets that serve as the heartbeat of their neighbourhoods. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the future of the high street. Together, we can shape a brighter future tomorrow for our communities by encouraging your local businesses, helping them embrace innovation and engaging with your community to create vibrant and sustainable spaces for generations to come by building a future where high streets thrive as centres of commerce, culture and community life. Ready to unleash your creative bravery? Check out Creativity Without Frontiers, your go-to guide. Available in print, digital and audio on all major book platforms. Need help with creative strategy, brand creation, product development or storytelling? Email us at info at unknownorigins.com. If you like this, stay connected with the Unknown Origins podcast. Follow, subscribe, rate and review. For more details, visit unknownorigins.com. Thank you for tuning in.